Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. And Pat McLean. Thanks for being part of our program today, both myself and my co-host. We're both financial advisors, practicing financial advisors. We spend our work days with people like yourself, and we broadcast on the weekends, being your financial advisors on the air or on your pod, on your iPhone or whatever. Whatever mechanical device yep. or electronic device that you're listening to. <laughs> they are not, not mechanical. mechanical. <laughs> There's nothing mechanical anymore. <laughs> Not many things. <laughs> there's not. There's not. No, that's all the digital world. Except my garage door opener. That's still. So. Yes. But you don't actually get out and physically open the garage like you did as a young. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Anyway, uh, this is a financial program. We uh, talk about things that are going on in the financial world. And, of course, take your calls. We love taking your calls. And if you'd like to join us, if you want to call and have, uh, have us answer your question or you want to have a second opinion on something. The number to join us is 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. And we can schedule a time that is convenient for both of us, all of us, I should say. Again, 833-99-WORTH. Hey, and before we, uh, before we go to the call, Scott, um, your view of uh, inflation, bonds, stock market, Reaction. I mean, let's just throw Ukraine in there for fun. Okay. <laughs> My view? Yeah. Here's what I found it, find interesting. So we're obviously the market's off this year. NASDAQ hit uh, uh, correction territory, just means but down by 10%. We need to remember that historically, uh, historically, uh, stocks have a correction, a 10% correction about every nine months. And a bear market every three years. Bear market is 20% decline. This is what the markets do. And it, invariably, whenever we go through a little hiccup like this, I have people I bump into at the gym or what, whatever. I'm out and about. And they say, Scott, what's, what's going on with the markets? And I'm perplexed. Like, no one was asking me that. When well, going, it was going oh. well, right? Yeah. I mean, every once in a while, it was kind of a crazy up year last year, but um, it's uh, we have. There's always headwinds. There's always tailwinds. Inflation is a real issue. It will continue to be so. I don't see that going away. Anytime. This started years ago, though. This didn't start. And I do feel that there was a bit. Uh, the markets have a, an awful lot of euphoria in them, considering what's act, what is really going on in the world. I mean, it's clear now that COVID's not going away. It's we're going to have some other. Variant's going to pop up. Who knows if it's two months or nine months, or, but pretty confident it's going to happen again, right? And the, in the global scene, I don't think China's going to start having more personal freedoms and start opening back up and let Hong Kong do its thing. I think yeah. they're going to tighten its grip. I think Putin's going to tighten its grip. There's a lot of uh, headwinds, but you go back over the last 100 years or so, there's always been issues. Yeah. There's been worse issues. And we'll get through these issues. And if, if you're a long-term investor, you can take set that noise aside and say, all right, what of my dollars do I am I not going to need for five or ten years? And say, good, I'm going to make sure those are invested in areas that are going to have the highest probability of growth and not worry about the price on a day-to-day basis. And and it sounds easy, but <laughs> it, it it does sound easy. But the, the funny thing is, is is I I I'll always remind myself, if you become emotionally involved with what is happening in the marketplace, not the markets, but the global marketplace, then you would have you would have taken all your money out of the stock market at the beginning of the coronavirus because the world was coming to an end in the global market. Some people did. Yeah. And you would have missed such an incredible market run. That so there's one thing to to watch the markets. There's another thing to be emotionally involved in the global marketplace. That's correct. Right? <laughs> right. Emotionally involved in the global marketplace because emotion would have told you that 
the marketplace is coming to a screeching halt at the beginning of the coronavirus. The marketplace is coming to a screeching halt. Companies are going to be... How are they going to survive? How, People are going to... Businesses are going to fold left and right. You would have... That's you, what it felt like. It did feel like that. Because the emotion said, you know... Well, it's our natural reaction. We're wired that way. Avoid, I mean, avoid yeah. those things that are going to kill us. Yeah. <laughs> From the caveman times, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. let's protect ourselves. Uh-oh, the lion's coming. Let's go run and hide in the cave or whatever. And, I mean, which is in, in this, in the modern world, which is I need to protect my- Mask up. Yeah, I need to, whatever, I need, right? I mean, I need to protect my cache of food, which is my it's, investments. It's the same, it's the same innate nature. And when it comes to investing, the hard part is when things go down and look the most risky, that's the most opportune time for us to uh, invest. And when they look the scariest is not the time to go run and hide. It's the time to embrace, which is opposite human nature. It is. Which is why investing is so difficult. Well, it'll be, you know, we expect, I expect you, we, the markets, question is, is it priced in? The increases in the interest rate is it priced into the market yet, or has well, it been it is priced what, in? What people believe that rates are going to be, yeah. what changes are going to come. The yeah. question is, is there's going to be some new information that's going to drive it? Yeah. yeah, wish I was that smart. Just, I mean, if your if your goal with this as an investor is to try to figure out when to get in and in or out, well, good luck to you. Yeah, because study after study shows that. Long term, that doesn't pay off. Yeah, yeah. 833-99-WORTH if you want to be part of the program. We're going to uh, start taking some calls here. We'll start in Northern California with Fong. Fong, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hello. Hi, Fong. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Okay, so um, let me give you all my information first. Fong, are you on a speakerphone? Oh, sorry. Thank you. That's much better, Fong. Thank you. Can you hear me better? Yeah, take your time. We're just a radio show. (laughs) What can we do for you? Okay. Um, So my husband and I have a combined income of 240K. Okay. Plus 20K from rental. Okay. He is 46 and I'm 57. We have about 900K in retirement accounts. And 75K of them is in Roth. Uh, a house and the rent. Wait, wait, slow down. So, so you're you're for he's forty six and you're fifty seven. You have how much in nine hundred thousand of which seventy five thousand. Nine hundred k, nine hundred k, nine hundred thousand in retirement. Okay. And then four seven seventy five k of them is in uh, Roth. Okay. Mm-hmm. So both my house and the rental are paid for. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are debt free. Good for you. Okay, so thank you. So he will start um, the to max his TSP Roth this year. Okay. I work for UC Davis, mm-hmm. and I have maxed my uh, 43B and 457. All right. I also contribute about $10,000 to the backdoor Roth. So my work allows me to contribute up to like 58K mega backdoor Roth. Yep. And uh, we don't know if we will, we will stay in California after we retire. And we both we, uh, get pension and social security. So most likely we won't need to touch our retirement account what, when we retire. What? So you're at 240 today of, of your wages. What will your combined pensions and social security be ballpark retirement time? Well, then we've got a 46 uh, versus uh, 57. So we got a, you're almost planning for like two retirements here. I will for about another 10 years. Okay. And what will your pensions in 10 years? What will your pensions and social security combined be? Uh, For me, it would be about 6,500 per month. Okay. And then he's, he retired about 62. He will work for another 16 years. Mm-hmm. And his pension plus Social Security is about probably close to 6000 Okay. Right. So, so you know what's interesting? You just started saving this aggressively um, in the last few years. Yes, I did, yeah. Right. So 
you weren't always this big of a saver because you're an aggressive saver. But if you were an aggressive saver your whole life, we'd see yeah. a larger account balance than nine hundred thousand dollars. What's your yeah. qu- what's your what's your question for us? Yeah, so a couple of questions. Uh, one thing is because I we don't need to t- most likely we don't need to touch our retirement account. So I contribute most of my money to the backdoor Roth instead of four three B and four fifty seven four fifty seven. So I don't have to you know do the RMD. Yeah, I think <clears throat> here's my here's my that's so I, I the reason I asked the question of what do you think your pensions are going to be? I was trying to determine what kind of your in, income is going to be in retirement. So let's set aside state income taxes for a moment. That's a big set aside, but we're setting that aside for a moment. From just a federal standpoint, y- 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 your your income is not it probably not going to be the same level as it is today. I'm not saying your lifestyle is going to be any different because you're saving quite a bit, but your just your top line income will probably be lower than it is today. So the question one would say is, well, what is your what's your tax bracket going to be like in the future? Is it going to be more or less? And it's that's anyone's guess. It's probably a chance it'll be higher, but it, nobody knows yet at this point. I think an, a bigger issue for you though is you, one of the things you stated is that you may not stay in California. California's got one of the highest income tax. Um, uh, programs out there they and you're at about 10 percent california state tax 9.3 percent mm-hmm. i think is where you're sitting right now um so that's a that's a big tax you're paying to california if you may not wind up in the state in yeah, other words so if you move percentage points that you paid voluntarily that you yeah. wouldn't have to if you move to a tax-free state like texas nevada florida. washington florida Wyoming. or even a tax or a lower taxable state such as Arizona, Everyone. <laughs> well, except except in New York. <laughs> so, so but that's I was, a. I was, I was thinking if at least I can save the the tax for the federal, in that sense. Understand. And I don't have to do the RMD. So, if I, I don't know, we understand, but we understand. But you threw in the <clears> equation <throat> that you may leave the state of California, and so you can't ignore that. Yeah. So the fifty that's grand, the fifty grand you're talking about putting in your retirement account. You're, what we're talking about here is you voluntarily sending the state of California a $5,000 check, roughly. Approximately. Whereas yeah. if you put it in a deductible, right, you wouldn't voluntarily yeah. be sending them $5,000. And Unfortunately, I don't we can't do, hey, I'm going to do deductible for the state and non-deductible or Roth for the feds. It's one or the other. So you got to pick a path. So in, if, if, if you're calling us for advice, I would not. If I, if I thought there was a high probability of leaving the state to a lower income tax state, what am I talking about? I don't put up money in the Roth 401k. I don't either. For exactly that reason. (laughs) I'm with you too. (laughs) There was a period in time that I put money into the Roth, but I don't, you know. So anyway, so that was your first question. uh, It's it's good to. Yeah, to to Pat's point, if I lived in a different state, I would do the Roth. But we don't. Okay. We live in the state of California, as do you. Yes. Okay. Okay. And what was the second? You had a second question for us? Okay. Okay. One more uh, more question. Yes. So, so. So ninety-five percent of our retirement uh, retirement accounts is in mutual funds. Okay. So seventy-five seventy percent about large cap, twenty-five percent small to medium cap, five five percent international. So with our age, with our situation, do you think our allocations are too aggressive? Well, you said ninety-five percent is in mutual funds. Did you did you mean to say ninety-five percent was in equities? Yeah, uh, like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's 100% because 5% internet. But it you depends. both have the defined benefit pension plans. It's a, I mean, let's call it a million dollars. A 10% swing is 100000 A 20% swing is 200000 I'm confident that over the next 10 to 15 years, the allocation will do well. But I think part of it is you need to ask yourself, how are you going to react during those times? Um, you stated that you don't and, and again, probably will need to spend these the, dollars. The, the, since we don't need the money from the retirement account, if they up and down, we okay. don't need care. So. Well, then it's the right allocation. Okay, great. great. And remember, you're not going to spend the money the first day of retirement anyway. But you need to be, if you're doing this, you need to have the mindset that these are long-term dollars, that, wrong, mm-hmm. that you're not going to care what it's worth next year or even two years from now. 
your goal is to have these uh, the, as much money as possible in your future. So for, if you and if you have that mindset, then you should hope for a major market correction or market crash. So all these dollars you're putting into your retirement, you're super saver right now that can buy things cheap. But you're mm-hmm. but you're fine as you get closer to age 67 in that 10 years, then mm-hmm. you want to actually probably make these portfolios a little bit more conservative. Now I have a question for you. Do you have children? Do you or your spouse have children from a previous marriage? We have two kids. They are uh, they are in college right now. Okay, you've had them together. They're not from a previous. They're not from previous relationships. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah, we both, yeah. Okay. From both of us, yeah. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, if you have children from a previous uh, relationship, yeah, I'm like, where are you going with this? You absolutely <laughs> want to make sure that you have uh, your estate plan in place. Hundred percent. Yeah, we have the we have the yeah. trust. Okay, that we perfect. Have to revise perfect. It, yeah. Perfect. Okay. All right, Fong. Thank you. Thank you. Wish you well. And I think Pat, your point on the estate plan is you, you thought maybe it was the second marriage, just to the age gap, yeah, age gap, seven years, uh, which is it's pretty common, right? And and then the importance of having the proper estate plan so is that, even more important yeah. if you have children. It's important. It's important anyway. But if you have children from a previous relationship than the relationship you're in today, you want to make sure that it is done. Like I, clients, I'm like, you need to do this. But if it, they have two kids and two kids and there's any money there at all, I really Well, we've seen, <laughs> we've witnessed spouse passes away, assets go, the retirement assets go to the surviving spouse. Surviving spouse grieves, obviously, it's terrible. Couple of years down the road, three years down the road, spouse falls in love with someone else. Tennis bro. <laughs> tennis bro. <laughs> <laughs> falls in love with tennis bro. Okay, tennis Gets bro. Gets married. Married to tennis bro. Tennis bro's, I don't know. 11 years younger. 11 years younger. <laughs> tennis bro. Good shape. Works out. Lady <laughs> dies. Tennis bro ends up with all the money. Kids inadvertently disinherited. Yes. If it wasn't set up correctly. That's correct. Long way to get to the answer. Tennis, bro. <laughs> I'm just reminded, my wife was taking, what was that guy's name? He was like this Latin guy at the cl- the tennis club. My wife was taking lessons like 10 years ago. And so my wife's- Fernando. Like, well, something like that. <laughs> and all the ladies thought Fernando was kind of hot, right? Because uh-huh. he was probably late 20s or 30s. Did he talk with an accent? Yeah, just slightly. So he was really- it wasn't even real. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> But but the moms from the school kind uh-huh. of mentioned. So my wife has me take. Uh, she wanted me to play tennis, so she has me take tennis lessons. This is completely off topic. I'm terrible with a ball. I always have been. I just lack the, the co- eye hand coordination. And the te- the tennis coach said to me, like tennis bro, like, yeah, Scott, maybe this isn't the sport for you. <laughs> really? Is that what? Yes. But the worst thing is later I found out that Fernando. Was telling other people that Scott Hansen really sucks at tennis. No, no, he did. Yes. And I'm thinking, isn't there some sort of like client yeah, privilege like here? Tennis pro client privilege. Where <laughs> tennis pro stay. client. How many people do you think he told? I don't care. Where is he now? <laughs> Fernando. I don't know. Whatever his name was. <laughs> we we're way off topic. All right, let's get back to the calls. Uh, we're in North Carolina talking with Steve. Steve, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hey there, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you about dividends, but now you got me thinking about estate planning and uh, Fernando. <laughs> okay, so, okay. Uh, thank you. <laughs> maybe I'll save that for another call, though. All right. Um, appreciate that. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I recently, uh, just because a friend mentioned to me that he spends a lot of time uh, looking for dividend producing investments because um, his philosophy is he, he wants to look at how much income he's going to need in retirement, and he's trying to produce a dividend stream that matches that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never looked at it that way. I've always been uh, just invest, leave it there, and uh, hope for the best. So <clears throat> I was wondering what your thoughts are on one versus the other. Um, I currently am 48. My wife is the same. Um, we've saved about one25 million for uh, retirement, which we hope to do at age 55. And we're, uh, when I got to thinking about these dividends, I was wondering if there was any way 
I Wait a minute. Start are you at- you are the tennis pro? Let's <laughs> I hear the ball in the background. You the exactly. no, club? It's not me. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> this is Fernando. <laughs> I mean, are you at a tennis club or racket club? Where are you? No, I'm. I'm. I'm I am. I am actually a basketball coach and a teacher. Okay, oh, there thank we you. Go. I heard thank balls you. We heard in the, the background. Yeah. We're like, hey. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the dividends, um, and yeah. whether it's a good idea or not. Um, it can be, but it's, not every dividend stock is the same. But I certainly wouldn't sculpt my whole portfolio no. around a dividend. Here's, I mean, when you think about it okay. this way, right? When you give a company your money, you buy a stock. Let's say, you're, I, I want to be a partner in this company. And that's what happens when you buy a stock. You become a partner in that company, right? So you are an equity owner in the right. company. You want the company to then go and, and, and make money, right? So go out and, and invest in these areas, build the plant or factory, hire the people, whatever, you, whatever it is they do, develop the services to make a profit. That's what you want them to do. Right. And the concept of a dividend is like, oh, here's the profit. We'll give it back to you. But so often it's like, well, you guys are doing well. Why don't you just keep the money and keep 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 going with it, keep investing it, which you see with many young companies. They don't pay dividends for years. Especially in the tech sector. And it's oftentimes after okay. a company becomes very mature that and they run out of opportunities – and they need, or they need to start attracting investors that they start paying dividends and then higher dividends. And oftentimes, the companies that pay the highest dividends are sometimes the ones that are in trouble. Are the worst ones. In fact, in really bad, bad companies, you'll actually okay. see them borrow money in order to keep their dividend the hot, the same, because they know when they cut their dividend that it will affect their share price. So. What you okay. should really wor- worry about is the earnings and not the dividends. And the difference between the two is a company can retain its earnings, which means we made the money, we paid taxes on it, but we have some great investment opportunities internally. We're going to use the money for that. Companies that lack for great investment opportunities internally will distribute their dollars as dividends. So if you were driven by dividends, you might be attracted to a utility or an old line telephone company or more old school companies. I think it's a terrible uh, way to build an overall portfolio. Is it okay to have dividend paying stocks in your portfolio? Yeah. But especially in an IRA, you're, you're taxed on the distributions. So- your friend, as nice as he may be and as good a friend, he's a terrible financial advisor. <laughs> no, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> and I think one way, to, one way to think about it, Steve, is like uh, you're a school teacher, right? Thank you for that. Uh, you'll, right. re- you'll receive a pension, I'm assuming. Uh, yes. Okay. So you're, that district or the system that you're in in North Carolina, the, the pension fa- fund that they have for them, I would think – how. How about investing the dollars similar to the way the, the pension fund does? Because the pension fund, they know they've got to pay out a retirement check for the rest of your life. It's going to be right. in a, a variety of different things. And instead of having a, a focus on just what income it's going to produce, it has a total return focus. And so with that, right. we'll own some companies that aren't paying any dividends at all. They'll pay, have some companies that also pay dividends, but highly diversified, that sort of thing. And I, I think for at retirement time, that 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 might be a more appropriate way to look at things. All right, that All right. matches up uh, kind of with what I was thinking. Uh, everything I've done so far has been based on, uh, you know, the highest yield, um, mostly, you know, eighty-five percent stocks, fifty percent bonds, and all all our investments, all mutual index funds, uh, for the most part. So, but. Perfect. Stay again, middle uh, of the fairway. Could, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. What's that? Stay middle of the fairway. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, you're not going to Yeah. You're not going to burn yourself too bad that yeah. way. Yeah. No, I think you're recovering all our bases and uh we're in pretty good shape. All I right. was curious. I'd like actually since you are a coach if you could use some more sports analogies when you're talking to there, us. There really wasn't much of a benefit to it. Yeah, all right, Steve. Perfect. Hey, I Perfect. Appreciate it, yeah, guys. I appreciate, appreciate the call. Appreciate Thanks you for, being a teacher. Uh, 
Yes, and for coaching uh, basketball, myself, I'm five foot six, and I'm tall for my family, so we didn't come from a long no. line of basketball players. He was just a was he a basketball coach or a coach? They were playing right. basketball. Okay, whatever. Okay. Just go with me on this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if I had him in high school, I would have been a better tennis player. Maybe. My life could have been completely different. <laughs> Things could have turned uh, out. Like, okay for yeah, you. Yeah, my wife would still be happy with me. <laughs> that right. Well, once Fernando said I wasn't very good, she started questioning, did I make the right choice in a man? That is too funny. All right, uh, we have to take a quick break because um, uh, we are broadcast still on terrestrial radio stations that uh, need needed little breaks. But when we come back, we'll take some calls. 833-99-WORTH is the number. You're listening to All Worth's Money Matters. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. And Pat McClain. Everyone's doing fantastic. Yes. yes, 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 yes. Let's uh, keep calling. You want to talk about something? Pat? No, 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 no. We'll, we'll, take, right. we'll go to the calls, but I did want to talk about Kathy Woods and oh, her I art fund. Oh, I wanted to as well. Yeah. Isn't that funny? I have a couple things, but whether we get to it at this, this show or not. But uh... What is that, a tease? If you're going to tease something on the radio, oh, this is a podcast. They go forward and back. It's the tease thing. It's the thing of the past. <laughs> skip right ahead. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's right. Skip, 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 skip. Yeah, a little 15 seconds. <laughs> yes. And some of the podcasts break down the commercials so you know exactly how long they are, so you don't end up you skipping don't... into the next. You can just... yeah. Anyway, let's go back to the calls, and we'll take this a little bit. A little bit. 833-99-WORTH is our number to be part of Allworth's Money Matters. And we are talking with Lisa. Lisa, you're with uh, Allworth's Money Matters. Pat and Scott, um, I have a first world problem. Um, I had some extra cash and I invested in Apple, NVIDIA, and Tesla in before prior to some splits. And of course, that's gained quite a bit. Uh, they're long term at this point, capital gains. How long have you owned them? Oh, probably about uh, almost coming up on two years. Okay. Year and a half, two years. Okay. And probably have about 350 profit in them, non-qualified. Would love to buy a rental place uh, investment. So I'm wondering, is it possible to take this money and avoid capital gains if you're putting it into another investment like a rental property? No. Or you're getting screwed mm. either way. Yes. <laughs> For some yeah. reason, you know, it's interesting because – with, in real estate, you're allowed to exchange properties. You can have a rental property that goes way up in value. You can exchange it for another rental property. You've got a commercial right. property that goes up in value. You can exchange it for another one. Uh, why they allow that still in the real estate industry is, is well, I'm not going to question tax law because it's all a big mess mm -hmm. anyway. But essentially, you cannot do this with, with publicly traded securities or most other type of, of assets for that matter. So if you want to buy a rental, you're going to have to sell these and recognize the gain. Okay. Now, and then just hope that maybe some tax deductions might offset some of them in the same year. Well, I, you have three hundred fifty thousand dollars in gain. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, a gain's always better than a loss. Yeah, I, I don't know what. What's the rest of the portfolio look like? Uh, qualified, um, probably just under the last week. It was a million, but now it's just about nine hundred twenty-five thousand. Okay. And uh your brokerage you said there's three fifty in gain, so the the principal amount the, the, the total account value is what? Oh the base was about hundred and forty. Okay, so you got four ninety there. Anything else? Um outside of um, I mean I have IRAs and Roths, but Yeah, but that's part of the nine twenty five, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. So you've got a substantial good for you. You you hit a home run. Um, you, you know, I yeah. wouldn't expect that the next two years. Yeah. How old are you? Yeah. Um, uh, 60. And are you living on any of this income or these no. accounts? No. And it's, it's Apple. The very different companies. My Apple, Tesla. And what was the other one? NVIDIA. Wow. 
Good for you. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you you, uh, you listed them off in the in the same area that I would consider risk. Apple, <laughs> low, much lower risk, right? It's a massive company yeah. with all kinds of subscription-based revenues, of which every month I'm hit up a few times for things I pay for, for storage, for my for news, for all kinds of stuff I'm paying Apple every month, right? Uh, in addition yeah. to buying their phones every couple of years. Um, <laughs> Tesla. Tesla. Good cars, but right, I mean, it's uh, and then you go to NVIDIA. What's like um, that's a it's a bit of a crap shot. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it wouldn't hurt you to obviously trim that. Don't pay too much attention to the tax, whether you should buy a rental property or not. Mm -hmm. uh, separate those two decisions completely. OK, they're two so different no, decisions. No really neat thing out there. It's no. like, oh, well, no. I mean, put if you into this and OK, but. I mean, you, it, it, if every year you give a couple grand to charity, you can gift highly appreciated securities as opposed to cash. That's mm. one way to avoid capital gain. Um, um, it's not going to get a, you into a rental property, though. No, but if you were doing other things, if you had a, a child that you were helping out with, with their down payment of the house, you could gift the shares to a child who can then sell it, and they would pay tax at their capital gain rate as opposed to yours. So there's a couple little things, but nothing... Yeah. That's really good. Nothing that uh, that answers the question that, that that you're trying to get to. So Dang. Yeah, well that's <laughs> okay. that's what it is. Write your congressman. <laughs> Write your congressman. Yeah. I'd like uh, to have, avoid my taxes on my Apple stock, please. Uh, yes. <laughs> I made too much money in Tesla and I don't want to pay the tax. Well, Lisa did start it by saying it's a first world problem. And and actually I think it's even greater than that. It's it's uh, a high net worth. First world problem, right. not just yeah. a first world problem. So yeah, appreciate the, you know, I'm tempted just to let it run, but it's you, like sure. Uh, Why? If listen, if you're tempted to let it run and you're tempted to sell it, then just split the position in half, and then you're right either way. Correct. All right. Okay. Yep. Okay. All right. Appreciate All the right. call. All right. So, thanks, Lisa. I've how, done that. I don't know how many yeah, times. Yeah. But, but how much Tesla or Nvidia do you own? None. But um. Own quite a bit of Apple because because it's the largest <laughs> company in the world, and you own a bunch of index. Yeah, and you, yeah, 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 and you own some Tesla too. Yeah, I do think very different companies. I've got tremendous respect for Elon Musk and what he's. he's uh, understand, what, but he's a very. I don't own guy, them. But, I don't own them directly, but I own yeah. them through some of the other holdings but, that I have. But I mean, while Apple's still kind of priced per. Oh, Apple's still priced. I mean, it's it's still lofty price. Relative to the earnings, they're still expecting. It's Apple. not even in the same universe as but Tesla. I know that's what I mean. They're completely. I mean, Tesla's price it just doesn't make. And they don't, I don't even understand. And I'll, I'll te Tesla's got the first move advantage. Even even Musk wanted to sell some, and he came up with the excuse for taxes. Yeah, but it, but Tesla, quite frankly, has the first move advantage. Don't think that. What I was reading the other day, what the Tesla stock is worth more than the five biggest competitors behind him. I don't know if that was true or not. I, I had a hard time believing it, and I didn't go do the calculation. I know he's he's bigger than uh, the, at least the two behind him in terms of the stock uh, market cap. That's it's such an incredible. Well, it's interesting. Solar was it Solar City? Yeah. Solar yeah. City. He rolled up into Tesla. Yeah, his, his, Tesla. His, his cousin was running it. He rolled it up into the into Tesla, and now California. I'm not an expert on this, so I'm not trying to be. But California, the biggest market, was saying, hey, we're no longer going to give you the rebates. And, and so Musk is coming out publicly saying what a bad idea that is because it's no, he knows it's going to hurt his sales of his solar panels. Yeah. And so much of their profit today comes from... Some sort of subsidy? Yes. From the federal Credits? government? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, give it to him. He's brilliant. Did it with the solar. Did it with the electric cars. He gets the SpaceX. He's got the... Mu and the Boring Company. I don't know if he's getting any yeah. subsidy there. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Let's uh, go to Minnesota. Talk with Paul. Paul, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi, guys. Uh, I've got a question on living trusts uh, and beneficiaries. My wife and I each have a living trust, and we've had it for quite a while, but we had it redone you, recently. You have one trust together, your co-trustees, or you each have your own? We each have our own living trusts, All right. uh, revocable, revocable living trusts. 
And this time around, when we had it redone, I think we're a little bit older and trying to really understand whether we have things right and how this works. And one of the questions is our retirement accounts, IRAs, 457, uh, we have right now we have beneficiaries on for each other and then the kids after that. Is there a way to make that make those go into the trust and would that be taxable if that happened because of the change in ownership? Yeah, good question. Yes, uh, and it might be the preferable way for you to go. It used to be that a beneficiary can stretch out the their distributions over their life expectancy. That changed a couple of years ago. So now, if you and your wife are both to pass away today, the dollars need to be distributed over the next ten years um, to your children. So if they whatever they inherited, they need to be dis- distributed out of that over the next ten years and paying the tax as they take those distributions based upon their tax return, what flows through to their tax return. If a trust is set up correctly with the right kind of provisions there, there's no there's no reason why we couldn't have the dollars um, go into the trust, have those trucks, the trust stipulations, like you might say, I don't, Johnny can't get the money till he's 40 or whatever you got in there, and the trust will have the stipulations on there. It creates an extra level of complexity, but it can certainly be done. And the IRS still needs to be distributed with the 10-year so the, the But the, the, the why you would do that is if you wanted to put oftentimes called as a spendthrift clause in uh, by the way we are not attorneys nor are we giving at the end of this uh, phone call we're going to tell you to go talk to your own attorney just uh, but do you have any restrictions on this trust as to how the dollars are distributed to your children we did on the earlier version but they're all starting at 26 on up and we've, re, we've taken those out there's then, no benefit then then don't have the trust involved yeah there's it no benefit a, it, it creates another layer that doesn't add any value it just makes it harder for the beneficiaries so if there's well, no that could what's that if you i mean you you could some would make an argument that don't give your kids dollars directly always use a trust you can protect it what happens if someone marries somebody who ends up spending those dollars or what happens if there's a big uh, liability claim against them. I'm just talking about, I'm just that there, there are attorneys that would state why it would make more sense to keep a trust intact forever. The same ones that tell you never leave the house because okay, it's dangerous. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But for and, all intents and yeah, purposes, um, there's no additional benefit of naming the trust as the beneficiary versus the individual um, children. So you want to name you the way you have it done right now is the way I would do it. Name the spouse first and the children second, and as long as there's no spendthrift clauses on it, you're fine. Does that help? Oh, that helps greatly. Appreciate it. Okay. Right, and by the way, we're not attorneys. Go talk to your attorney about this. <laughs> That's right. And every state's different. That's the funny thing about uh, state law. Um, some states trust is almost uh, you, you can't afford not to have it. Other states you don't need it at all. Yeah, it is the the state and government thing in commerce is interesting because um, federal income tax is the same, securities laws are the same, but insurance laws with security products are different. Yeah, there's all kinds of crazy things. I mean, yeah, yeah. There, I mean, that's why. But we, this is an area that people often overlook, and because. Oftentimes, people's estate—the largest piece of their estate—is their retirement plans. Oh, a hundred percent. That have benefit. It doesn't matter what your trust says or your will says. Your will might say one thing, and if you don't have the beneficiaries matched up the same, that's. How many times have you seen it in your career where, uh, like, the the well, it happens unfortunately with young parents who never change the beneficiary. The um, worst I saw, clients. Uh, their grandchild, forget the whole circumstance, but had, it was div- parents got divorced. One of the kids was married to a deadbeat or whatever, divorced. Um, and the, the beneficiary of the life insurance was never updated. The person died. The deadbeat uh, dad takes the money, was intended for the, the granddaughter, takes the money and doesn't oh. use it for... He spends it on himself. It. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. Yeah. So... Moral of the story. Like, but and on this, like, my kids are 26 through age 11. 
I've got the trust listed as um, as the beneficiary. I've got my wife as primary, and I've got my trust as contingent. Just I want some controls on it. it, it but it, that will probably come off when the kids eat, reach age. The youngest reaches a age of majority. I could probably have it off for my twenty three year old today, but not my twenty six year old. Okay, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I actually asked her the other day. I said to her, "Hey." If you had a million dollars, I'm just curious, if, my, if you had a million dollars, if suddenly mm-hmm. um, someone gave you a million dollars, what would you do? She's like, what do you mean? I said, just tell me, what would you do if suddenly you had a million dollars? She didn't know this was a test, or she probably thought this was a test of she some sort. She probably thought it was a test of some sort. Like, <laughs> she knows her dad. Yeah. Uh, and said, well, first thing I'll do, I'll pay off my car. Okay, just great. That- then I buy a well-balanced portfolio of low-cost mutual funds. <laughs> what did she say next? Oh, she made it seem like she wouldn't spend it, but I know her. She knows herself well enough. She would spend it within a few She years. made it sound like she wouldn't spend it, but she knows. <laughs> <laughs> the beautiful thing about this radio show or this podcast is our families don't listen to it. No, huh? none whatsoever. Even if you're, f- I love her to bits. She's fantastic. Yeah. Kid. Even if you're, f- if someone mentioned your daughter, oh, they talked about you on the podcast. Your daughter wouldn't even tune in. Would no. you? <laughs> she wouldn't care. She wouldn't want your dad's opinion anyway. <laughs> right. All right, uh, 833-99-WORTH's the number. We're talking with Dale. Dale, you're worth all worth money matters. Hi, Dale. Hi there. What can we do for you? Well, um, I'm I'm 55, and I'm actually on the verge of retiring in about five years. Okay. Um, mortgage is paid off, uh, cars paid off, but no known debts besides credit card debts of about 20 grand. Um, I do have about $600,000 saved my 401k. I do have a rental property with income of about three grand net a month. Uh, I'm just checking to see what would be the best strategy to maintain a decent um, uh, cash res- I mean, uh, income from my retirement and pension in five years. Well, let's, let's ask a couple of questions. Are you married? And uh, does your wife work outside of the home? Uh, no, not currently. Okay. And you mentioned pension. What kind of pension will you be receiving in five years? Uh, I work for uh, the UC system. Okay. And so what, the monthly amount, what will your pension uh, Or how be? much of, a, your, of your salary will it, re- will it replace? Like, uh, I am looking at least twelve to 1500 Twelve to fifteen hundred dollars a month. And what's your salary? One hundred twenty-five thousand. Okay, so your pension is not going to not going to come. And you and you participate in Social Security, correct? Correct. Yeah, you you need to save a lot more money. You need to save a lot more money. I mean, in order to maintain your standard of living. I mean, unless you told me your income's been seventy-five grand up until recently, and suddenly you got a big promotion. And it's gone way up. So I'll just give you, I'll just kind of give you a, a rundown here, right? So your pension is going to be $18,000 a year. We're going to take a 4% distribution off your 401k. Let's assume that goes up by, we assume that you're making the maximum contributions to it. Let's consider that's a million dollars. No, it's in five years. But you're still making contributions. That won't be that. How much, are you, how much are you contributing to your 401k? Right now I'm contributing uh, 20%. Okay. Well, so we call it 800,000. Right, right, let's call it 900,000. 900,000. So that's $38,000 a year in a 4% distribution. And then we got Social Security coming in. It's about $2,000 a month. But he's retiring at age 60. Yeah. So we got a gap there. But it's, it, let's say, 62 at 24,000. I'm just doing some round numbers here. It's on the back of a cocktail napkin. Who does math on the back? I don't of know, a but you did do uh, 900 times 4 at 38,000. I've worked with you for 30 years. I don't think I've ever seen a math mistake. Oh, that's true. It's 36. Sorry. I, su- I swear. I don't think. I mean, Pack is one of those guys that he's like Rain oh. Man. Oh, Almost. sorry. I appreciate that. <laughs> that's, I'm like, I'm like did Pat actually make a math mistake? 54. I don't think I've ever seen that. So we're 54. Now we're 78,000. So you're short. I mean, you, you need. So here's what. Flat, flat out. You're going to need to save a little bit more money for retirement. Not a significant amount of money, but a little bit more. Um, I did make a math mistake. <laughs> it's bugging you now. Ballpark, about two, three. 
a month? Uh, yeah, yeah. So here's what I would recommend. Um, go to our website. And this is a promotion called the Seven Personal Decision Points. Watch the video on the Seven Personal Decision Points, and then okay, you'll use a financial calculator, or you can hire a financial advisor that will actually make sure you're getting there. But my guess is, if you increase your savings by probably it's going to be between two and three thousand dollars a month. You're going to get there or you just work till you're 62 or 65. The big thing that you just said was it was in five years at 60. Yes. If you, if you move that number out to 62 or 63, because you don't have a bridge. And I mean, there's some other things we don't know. Like when did it, was he making two grand a month payments to his house up until last year? Some of those other things, but um, yeah. I, I would agree with Pat. I think you're probably a little little behind on your savings. Not not you're, significant. Not yeah. I mean, you're all, you're almost paid for. That's yeah, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. But you you're Thank actually you. going to want to go through that exercise. That, or, uh, quite frankly, the easiest thing to do would be to work till sixty two. But I don't go to your job every day, so I don't know have any idea what it's like. I don't know whether you like it or don't like it. All righty. Yes, sure. Okay. Appreciate yeah. the call. All, allworthfinancial.com. Thank you so much. All right. Okay. All, thank Bye. you. Allworth Financial. And I think he was asking about wait, his 401k. Like, one way to think about this is you're, you're 55. You plan on retiring in five years. Your time hold is not five years. Yeah, it, your time hold's 25 years. The rest of your life. Yes. And just because you're retiring in five years doesn't mean you're going to spend all the money in your first year of retirement. Sometimes people get that, like, well, I'm nearing retirement. Maybe I better be more conservative. It's kind of like, well, if you're nearing death or nearing, better yet, nearing the time you're going to spend the dollars, if you've got money set aside that you want to buy a motor home at retirement or buy a second home at retirement, then you have a short-term time horizon. But if if it's just retirement, you've got a very long long one still. Yeah. So allworthfinancial.com. Uh, and somewhere on there, you'll find our seven personal decision points. Yes, it's on our website. And he, we both want to discuss Kathy Wood's ARK, A-R-K which was, um, I think we mentioned her before because it reminded me of Janice Worldwide. What was Helen Young Hayes? Back in, the, that's who it was, right? Back in the late 90s. And before the Peter Lynch. Okay, all right, thank you. <laughs> Let's go back to the 60s. <laughs> Sir John Templeton. Okay. <laughs> well, I just remember because it felt very similar. Um, so uh, Kathy Wood, she created uh, an actively managed ETF, very similar to a mutual fund, but it's an exchange-traded fund. Her main fund was uh, ARK uh, Innovation. And... This fund um, just hit it out of the park in the early days. Uh, yeah. What was it last? Uh, with 2020, it was up. Uh, oh, so it? here we go. In the first two years, in 2015 and 16, it gained less than 2% total. But then it took off, rising 87%. This is an interesting story, if you can stick with us. <laughs> 87% in 2017, only 4% in 18, 36% in 2019, and 157% in 2020. So the pandemic, she hit it out of the park. This is a, a somewhat diversified fund, I mean, more than one holding, and hit uh, an 157% return. But here, so the question is, how much did her investors make? And you're saying, well, she must have made a they must have made a lot of money, 157. No. But in 2016, the fund only had 12 million under management. 12 million dollars. 12 million dollars in total management of mutual fund. So the first the year they did really well, right? Well, now, then it took up in 2017, it was up 87% and then up a little in 2018. And it, its tip in 2018, it had just shy of $2 billion. But in 2020 is when people started seeing, wow, this fund's doing great. It tripled to $6 billion between March and July of 2020. So. Tripled. And from September of 20 to March of 21, uh, the fund grew uh, with 13 billion in new cash, so money came in, but those people didn't get the return. No. Yeah. 
Then right on cue, after it got all the money, it ended up dropping 23% in 21. This is a year, this last, last year, the NASDAQ 100 was up 27%, and th- this thing was down 23%. So, Scott, let me ask you a question. So, th- th- we have, we, you and I have been both at conferences where they talk about what the average return for the investor is not have anything to do with what the average of the mutual fund did. Because people are attracted to things that have done well. And typically, which is buying things when they're hot and they're hot. But my question is, how much do you think these returns are based on luck? And how much do you think is just based on skill? Well, she lost money last year. Is this bad luck? I mean, luck, <laughs> luck goes, you can have both good luck and bad luck. I, had a, I was speaking with an advisor earlier this morning. And um, this advisor used to work at a different firm that was tried to time the markets more. And I said, look, I said that they're out. I said, I just don't believe at my core that anybody can outperform the markets long term. And if you point to somebody who's been successful at 20 years, I will question, is that just plain luck? Because you get 100 people in a room to flip quarters and you're going to find the one guy who's like 12 times in a row. Incredible of heads. How in the world did Pat get 12 times in a row hit heads? Which. Because we random, started with a hundred, random, random we started with a hundred. So this anyway, is, and I think we're this both is a perfect example of what of investor behavior, of why pe- people want to buy when things are hot. They don't want to buy when things are on sale, when they're down in price. They want to. That's why they threw in at this at its peak. Investors threw in more money than she managed. Yeah, which she actually made it. Which, Six by the billion, way, made it harder. Thirteen billion more made it harder for her to manage the existing money she had. Crazy. I'm not saying anything negative or positive about her. She might be a fantastic person, but it's not a fund that I would own. And uh, if you have, then I'm sorry for you. But uh, anyway, we're out of time. We um, we're here every week. And yeah, and really quick, uh, you want to register for our Road to Retirement virtual workshop at AllWithFinancial.com. We think it'll be helpful. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.